A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. Yeah, we're off to a big start today. Super excited. I have been sucking down the coffee. Yeah. I am really firing on, well, I was going to say all levels. That's not no. true. I never Is really. Is that ever true? No, it's not. <laughs> but I'm firing on probably one more level or cylinder than normal. Okay. So Where are we at? Like four, five? I have no idea right. how many cylinders I totally have. <laughs> I generally only use three or four of them. I'm using all four and maybe part of a fifth one right now. All right. The coffee is helping. No, I'm I'm excited because we tackled for the show this week. We tackled a project at my home. Yeah. We beautified my home for the sake of everybody out there. And Dan has a brand new deck now. I do. I have a brand <laughs> new deck. Not a new deck, but it looks like yes, a new deck. Exactly. And that's the exciting thing that we want to talk about because what I did to my deck, actually, what Haley what we helped me do to my deck, you can do to your deck as well. And we did it in five hours. Yeah, and that was with making stops in between to go get supplies. We took it from a terrible looking deck to a brand new looking deck in five total hours. We're going to tell you all about that coming up. But right now, we're on the phone with Myra Manus, a color consultant from the Fulton Street location. Myra, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's your day off and you're here talking with us. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah. Now, a lot of the times we talk on the show about color consultations and that we've got color consultants in our stores, but a lot of times people don't really have an idea what all of that entails or what kind of Mm -hmm. help they can get when they talk to a color consultant or even why they might need or want to talk to a color consultant. So we thought we'd start this whole conversation. We've got a couple of things we want to get to with you, but we thought we'd start with just what a color consultation looks like, what it entails. And let's start with an in-store consultation, because you'll do both. You'll go to somebody's home, but we also will do this in-store. So let's just talk about your experience. What does an in-store consultation look like? Yeah, absolutely. So typically when someone wants to do a consult in the store, um, you know, beyond just, oh, help me find a a blue or a green or what have you. um, Generally, they're going to come in with uh, some samples of other finishes um, that you'll be seeing in their home. So maybe they're redoing a bathroom and they've got a piece of a tile, a piece of the flooring, maybe a cabinet sample. Um, Things like that can be really helpful, um, especially over uh, just pictures. I do encourage people to to bring something other than uh, just pictures on a phone because color is always going to be distorted there. So once I kind of know what we're looking at, um, you know, we can pull out some samples, see how they play with the different finishes, um, kind of try to gauge where, um, you know, what the person is interested in and, and help them narrow it right. down to a few swatches. So you can actually spend the time that they need to help them get where they want to go. I'm sure you got to cut and run sometimes to help at the counter, but generally you can commit the time, right? Exactly. And we like people to understand that about an in-store consult. Sometimes I get pulled away. So if you can be a little flexible with me, I can definitely help get you squared away. Well, I think that's good advice, too, to bring in physical samples of things that are going to be in the room, because so often people come in the stores with just pictures. And you're right, it's so hard to really see what's going on in a room because the color is so different. 
And when we're looking for a specific color and trying to pick up undertones, it's next to impossible on a phone. So I love that advice for people. And color feels so personal, too. And I think having those you know, physical items gives us more insight into someone's personal taste, too. Absolutely. And not to discourage people, you know, if you're not able to bring in a physical sample of anything, um, you know, we can definitely get a start with pictures. Um, Typically, it's just harder to narrow stuff down that way. So you'll leave the store with more swatches (laughs) that way. All right. So now you will also do in-home consultations. What does that look like? Let's talk about that. The time, the cost involved, all of those different things. Yeah, so it's actually, uh, you know, going to be about as affordable as you can get to have, um, you know, some design help in home. It's a $50 fee for me to come out to your home, and it's about an hour-long appointment. Um, If you do want to go longer than that, then that can be arranged. Um, So I do both interior and exterior consults. Um, and, and we cover, you know, as little as much as you're hoping to cover. Sometimes I come in and we're just looking for one main color that's going to go with everything in the home. Sure. Keep it simple. Other times we're doing different colors in different rooms. But what's great about the in-home consult is I really get a sense of the person's style. I can actually see their lighting, their right. finish, the other, their other finishes, that kind of stuff. Well, and you're not pulled away at that point anymore. Now you're you're yeah, kind of locked in attention. and focused, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you have 100% of my attention when I'm there. I like it. And that's such a good advice, too, for, you know, an exterior consultation, I think, is so helpful because that's kind of a big deal. I mean, you're really choosing a color that everyone is going to see at that point and finding the right color combinations and working with scale can be really difficult. So I think it's an awesome service. Yeah, it tends to work out really well for people. Well, while we've got you here, I also really wanted to talk about our July color palette. This is our fifth color palette we've done. Every month, we've been putting together a curated palette of about six Spendrum more colors, and you can find these at our RepcoLite locations, but also follow along on our Instagram so you can see examples of the colors being used. But you actually selected the colors this month, Moroccan Poppy, and it's one of the bolder collections that we've had. Uh, Can you tell us about the inspiration for the color palette? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for asking me to put that together. It was that was fun. Um, You know, so I I drew um, it definitely draws from my personal style and some of my uh, personal decorating style in my home. Um, A few years ago, I really um, kind of switched my personal palette. So I always Mm. used to be a kind of like a green and purple kind of person. Um, I like it. And I had I had this shift a, a couple of years ago where I really got into the, the blue-orange combination. Yeah, um, that's a good one too. I can't fault you there. You know, and it's always, it's one thing I always uh, talk to people about is playing with complementary colors in, in different um you know, different combinations. So the, the the blue and orange, or as I like to call it, cobalt and saffron, yes. has been a big inspiration <laughs> for me uh, the past couple of years. Um, it started with a painting that I bought um, that I just really fell in love with and started to do some decorating around that. I love um, it. It's kind of, you know, flowed out since then. But I, I like to balance those bolder colors with some more neutral tones. Like, Definitely. Uh, the, yeah, but, you know, the China white is a great one, um, as is the mopboard black. You know, those black a- accents are awesome, mm-hmm. but staying away from that stark black right. uh, can 
can just be a little bit softer. Yeah, um, that mop board is such a nice soft black. I think it's perfect. I'm bummed that I didn't use it in one of my own color palettes uh, previously because I totally forgot about it. It's yeah. such a good black. I am glad that you included it in this one. Now, if you use it, you're just going to be copying Myra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that, C, that CW, the Colonial Williamsburg palette, is one that kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Yeah. And there's some really nice tones in there. Um, and then another one of my favorites in that palette is the Refined, the AF75. Um, so that's actually, it is pretty neutral, but it does have a really nice uh, soft green cast to mm-hmm. it. Um, and I actually have that in my bathroom and it's okay. it's just fresh and light and I've absolutely loved it. So I wanted to include that one as well. Well, I love that you made this color palette so personal that it pulls from something you have in your own home. And it just references again how awesome it is to pull colors out of a painting that you have and how much direction that can give your entire home. Well, and surprising color combinations that can come out of that. Yeah, things that you wouldn't expect. Exactly. Now, you can bring something like that into the store for an in-store color consult or... If you want to schedule an in-home color consultation, Myra, you're working out of the Fulton Street store pretty much full time. How's the best way for them to schedule that? All you have to do is call the store. And uh, if I'm not there, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Perfect. And you can check out that color palette that Myra put together. We've got that in our show notes, but we've got it all over Instagram. And as Haley mentioned, it's in the store. Myra, thanks for taking time out of your day off to talk with us. We'll probably do this again sometime. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, Haley, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the most common exterior project DIYers tackle. Now, we already tipped it off. Yeah, we did. At the beginning of the show. But if you missed that, and some people do, they're not up right at 8. And if you missed that, we're going to have a little quiz at the start of next segment. And regardless of whether you get it right or not, you're going to want to hear this because you probably have this project, and we've got a fix that's better than what you've done in the past. That's all coming up just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, there are a lot of exterior projects that people tackle throughout the year, a lot of DIY projects, I'm thinking specifically, but there's one that really gets done way above all the other ones, more commonly attempted and succeeded at, attempted. I should say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a project that happens all the time. And everybody take a guess as to what you think it is. You're going to have to just, it's on the honor system, yeah, you're grading yourself. We're not going to know. Yeah, I'm not going to know if you were right or wrong, but everybody in your family will. So it's not painting your home. No. no. That's not terribly common. Could be, should be. It's a project that you can do. It's not terribly common. It's a big one, though. Front doors. More common. Yes, I think that's pretty common. Yeah, pretty common. Not as common as what I'm going to talk about. Foundations. Foundations. No, not so much. Mailboxes. Your fences. Not even a thing. No, not not a lot of people do a lot of that. They should. They should. should. My neighbors should. We should all do all of these. (laughs) All of these things should be painted many, many times until we settle on the right color. What I'm talking about as a most common exterior project for DIYers is the deck. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of us normally tackle this project in the spring. And we're getting to it a little late on the show right now, but we're actually getting to it a little late on the show because in the spring, we were dealing with some product shortages. 
Everybody yeah. was all over the place, uh, raw ingredient shortages and things like that. And we really weren't sure we were going to have the materials on hand. Well, and we know that there are going to be procrastinators out there that have been avoiding this project and you can still do it this year. Right. The products are here. We've got all of that part figured out. And if you've procrastinated, we're going to walk you through it. Now, it is a terribly common project, but it's not a project that everybody gets all geeked up and excited about. No. There's... Do you think people get excited about most of these projects that we talk about? <laughs> I think somebody in the home gets excited. We like the results. Right. And this one, the deck, we should be excited about because when it's done well, the payoff is huge. And in fact, it might be a bigger payoff than most projects because it's a great outdoor space that just opens up a new vista of opportunities, you know, for kicking back outside. Yeah. You're not going to want to hang out on a deck that you know needs to be redone. It's a nice entertaining space to have people over and really put the deck to use. I just don't think that we take advantage of these spaces when we know they're not at their best. Right. So if your deck is nagging you because you're looking at it and it's just saying, please do something about me, let's help you get there. It's not going to be as bad as you think. And chances are, if you are thinking that this process is going to be bad, you're thinking it's going to be bad because of the cleaning process. Yes. Everybody knows there's these cleaning steps that need to be done. And it's the one that people avoid. Right. It's, it's just something. It's not a fun process, and it really can slow down the project because once you've cleaned the deck with water and all mm-hmm. of these chemicals that we're going to talk about, you need to let it dry. Yeah. And, and we've got to hope for dry weather right. then. So all it of becomes that, a whole thing. Right. It slows it all down. So normally with the cleaning, the first question that we get is, is it critical? Do I have to do it? Yes. Can I skip it? Yeah, you have to do it. And the two reasons are aesthetic and functional. Right. Aesthetically, you want your deck to look fresh and new when this is done. You don't want to see all of that dirt or mildew stains or the old stain that was on there before. You want the color to look nice and rich when you're done. Right. But a lot of people would be hearing you say that and think, well, I'm going to put a stain on it anyway. So that's going to add to the color. That's going to change my color and make it look the way I want. You're going to see it doesn't, right? Because the the stains, most of the stains that we use have some level of uh, transparency to them. Yeah. They're either translucent, like uh, Deck and Dock. Repcolite makes Deck and Dock. A lot of the color comes from the wood beneath. Even semi-transparent stains gain their color by the wood underneath and the color of that wood. If the wood is blotchy and old and grayed and all of those things that Haley talked about, if the old stain is still there, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to end up it. with yeah a really dull look. So if you don't get it cleaned, it's not going to be bright and look great. And you could use a solid stain. That would hide a lot of the stuff we just talked about. But you still actually have to clean it for the other reasons, which are functional. Cleaning the deck is going to open up the pores of the wood. It removes all the dead wood fibers and it allows the stain to penetrate more deeply so it lasts longer and you don't have to do this as often. Right. So cleaning is absolutely critical. You can't skip that step. And so with all the moaning that's going on right now, let's explain (laughs) what the cleaning looks like. And the cleaning really isn't as bad as everybody tells themselves. It actually can be kind of fun. Sure. It's just a bit of a process. So it starts with this. Basically, Benjamin Moore makes a system of cleaners. Right. And there's a number of different components to this, and you just get the ones that are right for your situation, and we'll help you figure those out. But generally, you'll start with a a cleaner called Remove or a cleaner called Restore. You would use Restore if you've got an old-grade deck that, you know, hasn't really been coated before. It's Mm -hmm. just weathered in the sun. 
restore would bring it back to a, a more like new look. Remove is going to be if you've had Saint on there before and we need to get some of that off. Right. It removes it. See, the system makes perfect <laughs> sense the way it's named. Either way, whichever one of those you use, you follow up with another cleaner called Brighton, which neutralizes whichever you used, whichever exactly. of those two products you used, and also brightens the wood. So the system and the process looks like this. You start with remove or restore, and you mix them with water according to the label instructions. Yeah, these are concentrates. Concentrates, exactly. You pour them into a garden pump-up sprayer and mist them all over the deck. You've got to make sure you keep it wet. Yes, so you're probably going to have to keep going back over things as you work, but then you're going to let it sit for about 20 to 30 minutes. And that's so important. People want to rush past this. Yeah. Go get coffee. And actually just let it work. Mm-hmm. Let it do its thing and just keep it wet while it's doing that. You're making your life easier if you follow the directions to a T. Right. So wait the 20 to 30 minutes and then come back and scrub the deck with a good scrub brush. People sometimes use push brooms for I've this. I've done it. It's, it. I've got one. Yeah. I might as well use it. The one I used had the super soft bristles. Right. It was absolutely worthless. It doesn't do the same thing. And then I got one that is you know, a much more aggressive bristle, but it was a very wide head on the on the push broom and it was just tough to work with yeah there are specific deck scrub brushes get a good one don't cheap out on it a good one is going to cost you maybe 10 bucks more than the cheap one it's going to work way better so get that good scrub brush scrub it really well and then you rinse everything with a high pressure hose or a power washer then you might have to reapply this stuff and do it again if it's not to the level it needs to be at so keep that in mind yep then once you've got it where it needs to be you're going to go and apply the brighten And same steps, basically. You're going to put it on with a pump sprayer, let it sit and scrub it, and then get it all rinsed off. Right. So that's generally got the deck cleaned. It's going to look really, really good compared to what you started with. And the fun part now is you've (laughs) got to let it dry for about three to four good drying days. You might get by with a little less. But generally speaking, three to four good drying days is what you want to do before you go ahead and try to put any kind of sealer or stain on top of it. I think this is the trickiest part of this whole project, honestly. Well, it's so hard to wait. Right. right? The waiting's the hardest part. Waiting 20 to 30 minutes, waiting multiple days afterwards. It's a lot of time invested. Think about that. The 20 to 30 minutes feels like an eternity. (laughs) Now you've got to wait three to four days. And the thing is, you've got to get good drying days. Yeah, exactly. And we know what the weather's been like. You can get rain in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. and now it drags the process out. A lot of folks have been in that boat where they cleaned it at one point, and they don't get to it until a couple of months later, because that's finally when it stayed consistently dry enough. And this is all an option, but... There is a better option. Yeah. Haley and I did my deck, and we used another option, and we're going to talk about it, but I'm not going to tell you too much about it right now. This is the tease so that you hang with us over the break, Mm -hmm. all right? We took an old deck that was in terrible shape. We cleaned the entire thing, and then we stained the entire deck, and we did all of that work, the cleaning and the staining, in a single day. Yeah, like five hours total. Five total hours. And that was with running to the store. Exactly. Five total hours with running into the store. The deck went from really, really bad to really, really good in five total hours. We'll tell you how we did all of that and how you can do all of that just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. 
And we're back. And I guess I should probably set the table once again, Haley. Yes. Just so everybody is aware of what we're talking about. Because what we're going to talk about is so ridiculously cool. It's right? like a miracle it's, process. Yes. So we're really infomercialing this one, mm-hmm. right? But it's real. <laughs> It's it really, is. really that cool. So here's the scoop. Haley and I tackled a deck project, my deck. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> it was kind of fun because a few few months ago we did uh, some yard equipment. Yeah. We wanted to test that. And of course, we ended up doing that at my house. Yeah, I just Haley's went and did yard work. Walking around doing my yard work. And now we tackled this deck project. And there was a point where I'm just standing there with a cup of coffee and you're working on the deck and doing all of that. And I thought, this is just, I know this I've arrived now. Because <laughs> I've got somebody doing work for me for free. No, it was fun. And it's great that we can use your house for experience because it's so much easier to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about this one because it really was incredible. We a did your entire difference. deck in five hours. And the deck was terrible, right? We got to let people know. It yes, was yes, really bad. It <laughs> looked really, really bad. It needed to have been done probably two or three years ago. I didn't get to it. And so now we did. And the results were great. And the results came about in five hours. So we talked last segment about all the cleaning that normally needs to be done for a deck mm-hmm. and how that normally expands the... The time that you can complete this project, it pushes it out three, four days. Days, right? You've got to let it dry before you can stain it. So now we're skipping all of that. We skipped all of that, but we still cleaned it, and we cleaned it better than if we used all those chemicals. How in the world did we pull this off? We pulled this off with the on-floor machine. Now that's something. Uh, the on-floor machine. It's something that we've talked about in previous segments over and over, but it's been a while. And so basically, let me give you an overview. The on-floor machine is a walk-behind floor sander or grinder. It can be rented from Repcolite, and we'll tell you all about that rental process at the end of the segment. But to picture it, mm-hmm. and this is kind of funny, but to me, the the heads, the part of the machine that comes into contact with the surface that you're working on, those heads, uh, there's three of them, and they've always reminded me of the old Norelco electric razors. Yeah, and you immediately started telling me about a Santa commercial. Yes. With him riding yep. in the razor as I, the sleigh. It was making the case that this is what dad wants for Christmas, and Santa is just zipping <laughs> over the hills of snow, looking great. It was I like no idea the animation about. of the, the Rudolph. We're going to have to look it up. I know we will. We will. Uh, people listening know what I'm talking about. Haley had no idea at all, but that's what the, the machine basically looks like, the heads of it. And it's important to note that these three heads... Mm-hmm. That's what makes the machine so unique. It's not a drum sander or anything like that. There's these three different heads. And on floor, the company that manufactures it makes use of something that they call their patented triple head passive planetary motion system. Let's say that again. Patented planetary motion triple system. head passive planetary motion system. Triple it's so cool. Three. Exactly. <laughs> What does it really mean? There's three heads, like we talked about. They're all spinning the same direction, but there's an inner drum containing them that spins the opposite way. Mm -hmm. So it makes it float, kind of. Basically, it feels like it's floating. You can control the thing with two fingers. If you've ever sanded a floor with a drum sander, it's not like that. Sanding with a drum sander is like trying to pull horses into control. Right. It takes off, and you've got to control this thing. The on-floor machine... Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it's all of those things, and it's loud as it works, but you can control it with two fingers, right? That it's was your not experience. a workout at all. You can 
seriously just push it in any direction as you move across the deck and it's not going to cut grooves into the deck. You can let it just stay in one place right? and not have to worry that you're going to be sanding the floor down to a level you don't want to get to. It is so remarkably easy to use. And now those three heads, they're actually interchangeable. So they snap off and you can put different heads on them, different tools on them is what we call that. And because of that, the machine can be used on multiple surfaces. So it can be used for decks. Or concrete or hardwood floors inside. You can use this for any floor project, really. Right. Now, the rental comes with a vacuum, and the vacuum is tremendously powerful. It's not like just a shop vac. And really, you can remove the dust, almost all of it, as you're working. And so you could actually sand a floor in the home and, and not, not have, have dust everywhere. Right. It'll suck it right out. So anyway, let's get back to the deck. The on-floor machine, the tools that it's using to do the deck are not sanding discs. No, they're like brushes. Right. They're really heavy-duty, carbide-impregnated bristles. Right. And that's so important because these bristles have no problems with cupped boards unless they're really, really excessive. Yeah. I had one that was really excessive. There was one that was rotted and it had a big divot in it, but that was the only one it had any issues with. And you also had raised nails on your deck and we didn't have to worry about any of those because we're not using a sanding disc. We're using bristles. The first thing you thought when you saw all of those Mm -hmm. is that, oh my goodness. Yeah. What are we going to have to do? We've got a lot of work here. (laughs) The bristles will go right over those. If you were using a drum sander or anything with flat discs, the paper is going to be torn up on those raised nail heads or screw heads, and neither one of those types of sanders do really well with cup boards. The on-floor machine handles all of it. Well, and it gets about one inch to the edge of the deck. That one inch, you do have to go back around and sand it with hand sander or orbital sander and when i did that yeah when Haley did that (laughs) that's when i had my cup of coffee (laughs) yeah it it was fun i i like mosquitoes were attacking you i was just slurping on my coffee it didn't take you long though to do that no it actually didn't i used an 80 grit sandpaper and the only hard part about it was the nails that i ran into because it started tearing the sanding disc up which is why I had to throw one across your yard. Yeah, but <laughs> she whips it. It goes flying. I didn't expect it to go that far. I was just going to throw it to the side of the deck. I it went like halfway across the yard. Having a tantrum of some sort. That's how I roll when I have a tantrum. <laughs> just throw things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Children, I'm not throwing them because I'm having a tantrum. I'm just throwing them to get them out of the way as far as possible. Yes, as right? far as possible. <laughs> so anyway, we did all of that sanding in probably about two and a half hours. Yeah, probably less than that. And the end results. That's the thing that I don't know that we can really make a... We can't explain. It looks brand new. The pictures don't show it as well as real life did. The boards look brand new. And they were so bad to begin with. It looks like a brand new deck was just installed. That's how smooth it was. The wood feels great. All Mm -hmm. of the dead fibers are removed. The... Uh, harder graining of the boards all is raised now so it's actually does have a texture but it's a really cool texture well yeah like you said all the fibers that are dead are off of the deck so no more splinters on your feet when you're walking across it it's we, that's a really good point we had somebody rent the machine out a couple of years ago yeah. simply because the deck had i think they had power washed it and oh. basically caused a lot of splintering on yeah. it because they got too close with the power washer or a previous owner did And they got this to sand it smooth so Mm -hmm. they could walk on it. 
and it will do all of that. But we had it ready to go in about two and a half hours, and then we transitioned to stain right away. No waiting, no letting it dry for a couple of days, nothing like that. We just went straight to staining. And we applied the Repcolite Deck and Dock Wood Protector. It's water repellent. You get UV protection. It's an oil-based product. Really easy to use, and you'll get a couple years out of it before you need to redo it. Right. And we used, what was it? Butternut. Butternut. Butternut yeah. was the color. It's a really rich brown and looks really good. It's a translucent product, so you can see a lot of the wood grain through it. Just looked great. Didn't it look great? No, it really did. I can't wait to go home. We'll have pictures. And just admire it. Yeah, now you have like a brand new deck. I do. It's so cool. So anyway, deck and dock. There are a lot of other options. Benjamin Moore has Arbor Coat. Basically, when you get to this point, we can we can walk you through that. If you're using the on-floor machine, you're going to want to have walked through that ahead of time so that the minute you're done with the machine, you can move to staining. Yeah, you can get it done in less than a day. Right. So, so if you cool. do start to move to staining, when you're ready to that point, I have seen a lot of commercials lately on social media where they're showing decks getting done, and the person is doing them with a brush by hand. Okay, no. You don't want to do that. Because <laughs> we want to make this as simple and painless as possible. Yeah. And doing it with a brush is about as bad as it gets. Well, the way that we did it was I had a roller, and it was on an extension pole. It was a nine-inch roller cover, mm -hmm. and I would do, what, two boards at a time? Yep, two to three and boards. And you just followed the right behind The whole length of the me. deck. So you would start at one side and follow those boards all the way to the other side. Yep. Yeah, and then I followed behind with a Wooster Bravo. Yes, Wooster Bravo. Bravo, right? <laughs> it is. I, yeah. I got that right. I feel stupid saying it. It sounds silly. It does sound silly, but doesn't it's it? it's real. My hand motions didn't help, did it? <laughs> Bravo! Just put it on an extension pole, though, so you're not bending over the entire time. Right. That's what makes that brush so cool is that the handle actually unthreads, and you can thread it right onto an extension pole. So now you can stand up and follow behind and do all the back brushing because when you apply a deck stain like this with a roller, mm -hmm. you don't want to just let that be the end all. You no. do want to brush it into the wood. And you can control where you're going a little better, too. So you just applied it quickly yes. to get product on. And then I went and brushed it. You did got the it detail into the work. Gaps. I got it into all the little areas, brushed it into the wood, and we flew. We got the whole thing done in what, 30 minutes, yeah, 40 minutes? It was like 30 minutes. Yeah. So basically, two and a half hours to sand it and get it looking great. And basically, the, the extra hour and a half was us driving around. And getting right. stuck by that dumb construction thing. There's so much construction right now. If you're now, a part of the construction, I don't mean it's dumb in that regard. <laughs> but it stopped me from getting where I wanted yes. to go and we had to turn around. All of that is fit into that five hours. And we I've got a deck. We I was gonna say we you, this is nothing to do no, with you. I don't get to enjoy this you, at all. No. You can enjoy it vicariously <laughs> through me. Anyway, now quickly to the rental process. We can rent them out. It's generally going to run on average for a deck about 260 bucks. That's going to get you everything you need, the machine and the vacuum, the tools that you need. It's going to get you a 24-hour rental, which you won't need. No, it'll take like two hours. Two hours or so to get it done, but that way you've got all the time you need to do it. And I know that 260 it seems, sounds expensive. It does. But it's really not when you think about the time that you're saving, multiple days that you're saving, and the cleaning products themselves that we talked about in the first segment. I mean, when that's all said and done, you're spending around $100 anyways. Just to get those cleaning supplies. And then you still need uh, the tools. And between that and maybe the power washer that you might have to rent, you're probably going to be at around 150 bucks just to wash the deck the conventional way with the different cleaners. 
Now, the on-floor machine will rent out for about 110 more than that, so right around 260 somewhere in that range. So worth it. But you're going to save so much time. Yeah. Either one will work. Right. And whatever system you decide to use, getting your deck cleaned and looking great is a doable project, and, and actually, it can be fun. It was actually really fun it to was use the fun. machine. More importantly, though, it's a huge payoff, and you're going to enjoy that outdoor space even more. So check out the on-floor machine before and after pics of my deck in the show notes. We've got all of that there. And if you'd like to rent it or ask about that even, you can head to the online chat at repcolite.com, and Peter will help you with any questions you might have there. Yeah, he can get you scheduled and get you the tools that you need. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the cameras in our phones and some of the things that we should be using them for that maybe we're not. It's going to be fun. That's all coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, let's talk about something that really, on the surface, seems kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's fleeing from the radio at this point. It's a good topic. Good build. It's just, yeah, I did it the opposite way they tell you how to do it. No, it's a good topic. But it it's is. just, it kind of seems so obvious. Well, okay, so the topic is the way we can use our cameras that we have on our phones to assist us during home improvement projects. And these seem really obvious, but they're honestly the things that we forget to do. (laughs) All the time. Yeah. And we're not talking about apps to use on your phone. We're literally talking about just the camera and how they can help you. So let's go to probably the most obvious of them all. If you're taking something apart, let's say you're taking a lawnmower apart. Oh, see, I don't think that one's the most obvious. You don't think that's the most no. obvious? Okay. Well, I do. So <laughs> I guess we'll debate. If you're taking something apart, take pictures of it before you've taken it apart. Yeah, I think this is the smartest one. Okay. It, well, I didn't mean that it's the, not the smartest. Yeah. It, it, it's a really smart one. It's really smart. I think it seems really obvious. See, the thing that happens, though, is we don't always think to do it. Even if it is obvious, we don't remember to do it. Mm-hmm. We do remember to take pictures of all the pieces and post that on social media and say, look what I've done. Yeah. I don't know how to put these back together. At least I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> what I failed to do or remember to do is to take a picture before I've started. Yeah. A number of times. Now, I've gotten better at that. I've trained myself. Yeah, you said when you were doing your lawnmower, you actually remembered to do that. Yeah. So It is such a smart thing. Uh, With wiring, with different things like that, I've taken pictures of what it is now, Mm -hmm. and then whatever I do, I can at least get back to where I was. And then we had a reminder of one of them when Michaela Noel from Michaela Noel Designs was on the show with us. She recommended that people take pictures when they're styling or decorating. So when you're redoing shelves, you're styling that or your mantle even to step back, take a picture, and then it'll be easier to see what you need to change. Right. Now, this sounds like it's completely unnecessary. It's one of those that feels like I can step back and look at mm-hmm. it. Why do I have to use my camera? Because and I don't know there. why it works. It does, though. Yeah. You can see all kinds of things that you can't see you know, just staring at it. It's and like the scale and the perspective changes so that it's almost like you're seeing it through someone else's eyes. I don't know what it is, but yes, that happens. And and it happens in so many different regards. Like I had the kids, I was trying to make a grocery list mm-hmm. and you were here when I was texting them and I asked them, you know, do we have whatever in the fridge, mayonnaise or something? 
I knew it was there. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, sure. And they text my my son texted back, nope, nothing. I said, are you sure? It's not there. I said, I'm pretty sure it's there. Remember this? Mm-hmm, I nope, remember. Nothing, Dad. I've been through the fridge twice. I said, take a picture. So he takes a picture of their open fridge, sends it to me, and I found it in what? Yeah. Five seconds? Like two seconds. Right yeah, then, there. Then he felt kind of dumb. But it there must be something about there looking is at something it, to it that takes you, it distances you from it. You said you do this with clothing. Yeah. When I'm trying things on in dressing rooms, I'll take a picture of myself in the clothing in the mirror. And then I can see what I actually think of it. It's some, I don't know. It's like I don't trust the mirror, but there's something that changes in the photo that makes me able to decide whether I like it or not. Well, it's a really good idea for that reason. I I can't explain exactly what psychologically is going on, (laughs) but it's a really good thing to do whenever you're working on anything. Like like we mentioned, styling shelves Mm -hmm. or... Rearranging furniture. Rearranging furniture, all of those things. And we're not saying take a picture and post it on social media and get opinions. Right. Maybe later for that. Right now, this is just for your own use, and I think you'll be surprised at what you find when you do it. Well, you mentioned the fridge, and I think that's another good one for a different reason, too. Before you go grocery shopping, take a picture of the fridge, and it'll make the list creating a little bit easier or faster, maybe. Well, it is funny, because that's how I've started to roll. Even really? when I'm Yeah, even when I'm sitting in the house, I send the children on, you know, different missions and some have to go downstairs and take pictures of the pantry down there. That's awesome. They send me pictures of the fridge. That way I don't have to be up and down and they don't have to be standing there with the door open. Well, there's fridges that'll do this now for you, like fancy AI so ones. Crazy. It's nuts to me. There's also apps that'll analyze the picture of your fridge and give you recipes based on what's in there. You told me about that. I want to try that. You know, I'm going to take a picture of pickles <laughs> and mayonnaise. <laughs> what do I got? You know, what kind of yummy thing yeah, am I going to make really with those two it. things? Well, we'll see what the app can yeah. do. All but right. honestly, the one that I forget to do the most, and it's probably the most important, is taking before pictures. I'm so bad. Before pictures. Before pictures, just of anything. Any home improvement project. Gotcha. I remember to take pictures so afterwards. You think this one's the most important? Yeah. Even more important than taking pictures of my mower before well, okay. I've broken it Maybe down. that's more important, but... This is more satisfying. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I completely agree with what you're saying with the whole, we forget. Yeah. We're we just, just want to start the project. Focused on the project. And you can't go back and recapture Mm-mm. what it looked like. And as you were saying, it's so rewarding to see what happened. Even with my deck that we just talked about, yeah. you don't know this yet. But I didn't get as many good before picks. Oh, she's making the face. If everybody could see that, it'd be hurting your soul as much as it's hurting mine. I feel like it's filleting my soul right now, that face. I didn't take as many before picks. I saw you take them. I, they weren't good ones. Okay. And, and I didn't get the whole thing the way yeah. that I wanted to. But yeah. I didn't think of it. I was so busy focused on the end result. Right. And then you miss out on just seeing mm-hmm. the big improvement. And it's something that... Like you, it's just a huge payoff at the end to be able to look back yeah. on the improvements. Or I don't know, I've done big projects where I wish I would have taken process photos. Even that way, I can go back and remember exactly what I did to get to where I ended up. Right. Or even share it with other people. I mean, all of these reasons are good, but I it's just got to be first on your list. That's the thing is it's got to be something that we train ourselves to do. We've got these phones with cameras. Most of us do. Mm-hmm. We ran into somebody the other day who didn't. 
Yeah, right? and I was a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No email, no smartphone. But if you have one, start using it to the best of its ability. The camera is such an obvious tool. It's just a matter of retraining yourself, mm-hmm. and you get a lot more out of it. It's true. And if you happen to snap those before and after pics... We want to see them. Tag us on Instagram at Repcolite Paints, and we'll share those before and after pictures if you would like us to, but we want to see those pictures. Exactly. Well, that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at Repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open till 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen, And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Thank you.